Van Morrison described fame as a figment of everyone else's imagination. Whilst Larry Hall said that being famous has its benefits, but fame is not one of them. On this episode of the History of Advertising podcast, we are asking what benefits a celebrity can bring to a campaign. Do celebrities bring anything useful to the table? Or is Adland better off relying on regular people instead? In order to best answer this question, we are looking at a campaign featuring the likes of John Wayne, Peter Cushing, Griff Rhys-Jones and Gary Cooper. But, to make sure there's balance, let's start with some unknown northern children. Hello Ben, it's me. I brought a little friend to see you, isn't he lovely? Sit rebel, sit. Oh look Ben, want spicy beef burger? He'll have to want. Ah, oh, go on. I sometimes sneak him a piece at our house. Ah, oh, but your man's beef burgers are a different kettle of fish. Bird's eye. Somehow other beef burgers just don't taste the same. It might seem peculiar looking back now, but the two children we just heard were the subject of great fascination among commercial viewers in the late 1970s. The adverts were for Bird's Eye Burgers and were directed by Sir Alan Parker who later went on to direct films such as Midnight Express and Evita. He was greatly inspired by the cinema, even during his days as a director of adverts. I, as a director, was very influenced uh, by directors like Ken Loach and Alan Clark, who had been working with ordinary people, uh, not middle-class actors, because up to that point, if someone was going to cast a commercial, they went, you know, they made, they made, they went to what was easy, really. They went to to a casting director who then went to an agency person who then went for someone who was London-based. And so everything came, every, everything was very London and not very working-class London, it was very middle-class London. And so I think influenced by the drama of people like Loach, uh, we were forced, not forced, but we, we, we also experimented. So I went, I was the first to leave London, really, to cast commercials, which is strange now when you think about it. The account man who oversaw the campaign at ad agency CDP was Sir Frank Lowe. Here, he recalls how revolutionary the notion of casting Northerners seemed at the time. He went to Yorkshire for two weeks and interviewed 5,000 kids to find the two he wanted, Ben and Mary, with a Yorkshire accent. Now, that was a completely unheard of thing at the time. Two Yorkshire kids talking like that. The two child characters in the bird's eye ads were named Ben and Mary, and they were quickly taken into viewers' hearts. For Alan, it was important that the children in the advert should have regional accents. I would go to, to, to Leeds, uh, to Manchester, uh, to Edinburgh, to Glasgow, to, to just so that the commercials looked and sounded uh, like the people that they were talking to. And uh, that's the important thing. And it, it was also, it was more fun. It was, it, it was more fun to find someone, you know, for me to find two, two Beef Burgers kids in, in, in Leeds, for instance. Suddenly they sounded like nothing, no one had ever seen that before on British television. It sounds ludicrous now, but it was so fresh and original and therefore the commercials uh, appeared to be fresh and cr- uh, original. The problem with children is that they have the nasty habit of growing older. Here, Frank recalls how the campaign dealt with this thorny issue. It rang for a very long time. In fact, 
it ran until we started to have a problem with them growing up. Because there were two little kids, and they were growing up. Mary particularly was growing up to be a young teenager. And we had to put something round her to make it seem she was still quite young. So we did a commercial where Ben went off to Australia. Are you sad about emigrating to Australia, Ben? I couldn't have been a worse time. What do you mean, Ben? Birds I have gone and brought out a better beef burger. They're even tastier than the old ones. I'm going to really miss them. Apologies for interrupting the brass band, but I thought it might be pertinent for listeners to know that, at this point, Ben finishes his burger and heads to the door. I'll shut up now. Ben, is there no social miss apart from beef burgers? Yeah. Leeds United. And you. A little bit. New Bird's Eye Beef Burgers. Now even tastier. And there were so many letters of complaint about the fact that he'd gone to Australia that we brought Ben back. Dolly Parton sang, Here you come again, just be like a dirty dee. Here you come again. Hi, I'm back. I couldn't go another day without. Without what, Ben? Without bird's eye beef burgers, of course. They're not the same in Australia. Oh, you must have known how coming. Bird's eye original beef burgers. Somehow, other beef burgers just don't taste the same. It's grand to be home. Sadly, like Romeo and Juliet, Catherine and Heathcliff, and Katie Price and Peter Andre, the love story of Ben and Mary came to an end. The series of campaigns did wonders for the Bird's Eye brand, and also helped Alan fund pitches for his first ever feature film, Bugsy Malone. So, that's how you make a success out of a campaign using ordinary people. But how do you do it with famous faces? In order to answer that question, we are looking at a campaign in which the leading parts in the ad were played by dead film stars. Oh, you naughty girl. People would draft longer than a sink again. I love that it's right, I guess. Well, why do you buy it, sweetheart? You know what it tastes like. Paul salt and a tube of toothpaste. Well, guess what I've got. The biggest thing since the grass is up and... Right. <clears throat> you like that Austin pills, don't you? My spine turns to custard. I get goose pimply all over. Right. I bet you like the blokes who drink it and all. Oh, I wouldn't mind to wear glasses. This could be your lucky day. We just heard a bastardised clip from Marilyn Monroe's Some Like It Hot. It's one from a series of ads for Holston Pills, which ran in the late 80s and early 90s. In the ads, a young Griff Rhys Jones interacted with dead film stars like Humphrey Bogart and John Wayne through some dastardly clever editing, which seemed to place him in scenes from famous movies. Here's another example of one. This time, Griff appears in an ad with Gary Cooper, in a distorted version of a scene from the cowboy film High Noon. Oh, look out, it's gay. It's come to rustle our Austin Pills again. That's why I'm here. 
How about it? Don't you know the draft log is half price? Till I knew. <laughs> it so happens I didn't know, and it doesn't mean anything to me one way or the other. No, you like the sugar turning to alcohol in Austin Pills. You just don't like paying for it. And why should you when you can have mine? Austin Pills production. Founded in 1980, Gold Greenlee's Trot was one of the most renowned agencies of that decade, awarded Most Creative Agency in the World by AdAge New York. Co-founder Dave Trot tells us how the Holston Pills campaign came together. Any great ideas around, I would always get the creative department to go and see them, go to take them to art galleries or bring in books or make them go to movies just constantly topping them up with great ideas and we don't know where these great ideas are going to pop up but there are great ideas out there and we need to have them in our creative department and they need to be here bubbling around ready for when we need them we used to have records around we used to have videos films uh books that go to plays and one of the things i got the whole department to go and see was a a movie called dead men don't wear plaid Dead Men Don't Wear Played was a Steve Martin comedy which parodied the noir movies of the 40s. It was partly a collage film which incorporated clips from almost 20 different classics. Actors such as Ingrid Bergman, James Cagney, Joan Crawford and Bette Davis appear in the film, thanks to some devilish editing trickery. And it was a clear reference point for the Holston Pills ads. When it came to casting the live actor who would appear alongside the dead film stars in the ads, there was something of a drama. Dave's agency initially wanted Robbie Coltrane to take on the role. However, the client was not happy with the choice of actor. We showed it to the client and there was a thing in beer advertising that you never used a fat bloke. Because beer makes you fat. So the client said, I love everything but you can't have Robbie Coltrane. You can't have the fat bloke. When we couldn't have Robbie Coltrane, it came down to, between two good-looking funny blokes, was Rowan Atkinson or Griff jones And I don't know, I think at the time Rowan Atkinson wasn't doing commercials. So we got Griff, who was good-looking and funny, and he had a very rubbery face. You wanted someone with a rubbery face. Rowan Atkinson was in there because he had a rubbery face. Griff had a rubbery face, but he was better-looking. So, the good-looking, rubber-faced and distinctly untubby Griff Rhys-Jones landed the role. And, like Ben and Mary and the Bird's Eye Burgers, Griff's Holston Pills ads ran for several years, in various reiterations of the idea. The success of both these very different ads shows that it doesn't really matter whether your ad stars a celebrity or a muggle. As long as the concept is novel and adaptable, it will have the potential to run successfully for many years. The History of Advertising podcast was presented by Jack Meggett Phillips and featured contributions from Sir Alan Parker, Sir Frank Lowe and Dave Trott. The programme was produced by Jane Jarvis and Jack Meggett Phillips. If you're interested in learning more about the ads featured on this programme and the work of the History of Advertising Trust, please visit hatads.org.uk.